Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 well. Good morning, good morning, and a pleasant, good Friday morning. Each and every one of you had to take care of that. Welcome, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 to 12, and that's Eastern Time. Jump on, thousands aboard already. Go to YouTube, our Chatterbox Sports page. If you'd prefer to join us in podcast form, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Gentlemen, good morning. Casey, Paul, Jacob, Elliot, how are we looking today, boys? Tom, it's the start Not of the Not everybody at once. It's the start <laughs> of the it's the start of the second half of the season. And it uh, feels like the Reds haven't played in ten years. So it's looking good. It's an exciting time and uh, should be a good weekend. Hopefully, Casey, hopefully the rain holds off tomorrow. It does not yeah, look good tomorrow. You're right. You're does right. not look good. Casey, you all right? Yeah, I'm You're sending, a little busy this morning. Yeah, okay. I'm just sending one last uh, link out for Charlie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Big show today. You guys okay? We're doing great. Doing great, Tom. Nothing to gamble on last night? Not one thing. Not Literally not one thing. It's the WNBA All-Star break, too. And I don't think the Summer League played last night, or at least not that I saw it. Now, Kentucky basketball played Canada. Team USA. Team, the, the USA Wildcats played Canada at midnight. I watched that. And? It was a – I turned it off before the end, but Kentucky was – they were fine. Cal. Cal. Got him rolling. That's our guy here on the program, Cal. Got him rolling. Cal looks like he's adapted to a few things. They're shooting threes. The offense looks okay. The talent on this Kentucky team this year is crazy. Cal's growing so. up, baby. Cal. Cal. Do you think the Kentucky fans will be easier on them this year? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good chance of that. Well, gentlemen, start your engines because here we go. The second place Brewers come to town tonight. Three-game series at GABP. Pitching matchups we gave you yesterday. If you weren't with us, Graham Ashcraft against all-star Corbin Burns, or at least a two-time all-star, former Cy Young Award winner. It'll be Andrew Abbott and Freddie Peralta tomorrow. And then Ben Lively against Adrian Hauser, a right-hander, on Sunday. 16 straight games. We mentioned yesterday against teams that are at least seven games over 500, including six against the Brewers. In fact, each of the next five series are against teams that are either in first place in their division or no more than two and a half games out of their divisional lead. 10 of the 16 are at home. The Reds have just been okay at home this year. They're two games over 500. This weekend, Hall of Fame weekend for the Reds. Danny Graves, Bronson Arroyo, Gabe Paul are going in. We had Danny Graves on the program yesterday. We have Bronson Arroyo joining us in a matter of minutes to talk about his career, his new album he's got out, and his thoughts on the current version of the Cincinnati Reds. The 2024 schedule was released yesterday. Opening day is March the 28th against Paul's Washington Nationals. How wild is it, Tom, that we are getting the schedule on July 13th at 106 in the afternoon? You know, it's funny. We used to not get it, uh, and it was only those of us who were, who were with the traveling party. We would never get that until like the second week of September. I just don't understand why they don't do it like the NFL and do it. I know they play everybody, so it's – but in, even in the NFL, you know who you're going to play. It's just a matter of when. And they, they release an announcement about when the announcement's going to be. Why don't they do this 
after the because winter meetings not in the December. Draw. There's just not the draw. Just look at the just look at the ratings for the All Star Game, Home Run Derby, MLB Draft. It, it, the, the, the appetite's just not there. Doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of people that care about it, but not enough to make it a big deal. Because, like you said, you're playing everybody in your own league. When but, the season starts, it's not like you're waiting to find out if you're playing the Chiefs on any given year or the, you know, Bills on any given year. You know you're playing the Browns twice, Steelers twice, um, and Ravens twice. Yeah, but you still know your opponents. That's what I'm saying. Like, why are we dropping this at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday in July? Well, you have a direct hotline to your guy, Rob Manfred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the LA Angels are coming to town in April. Might we see Shohei Otani in Cincinnati? I don't know. We might see him with another team. Outside of a home series against Boston, there's really not a lot of draw power of teams coming to Cincinnati. Oakland, Detroit, Baltimore's all right, but they, 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 there's not much there. Houston's not bad, but that's not till September. That would be Dusty coming back if indeed he is back. Fresh off their come-from-behind win two nights ago, FC Cincinnati returns to the home pitch, as they call it. Tomorrow against Nashville, this figures to be a highly competitive game. FCC has the best record in the league, Nashville third best. Being a coach at Northwestern University these days is not a good thing. Early this week, Pat Fitzgerald was fired as head football coach for hazing allegations. And by the way, defensive coordinator David Braun is expected to take over uh, and expected to be named the interim today. Yesterday, the Wildcats fired their baseball coach, Jim Foster, over bullying allegations. What the hell's going on up there at Northwestern? This, this private, liberal elite bastion <laughs> of academics and athletics. What's going on up there, Paul? Yeah, great question. Why are you asking me? <laughs> Those are your guys. My guys? I mean, Northwestern's a great school. I don't know what's going on in the athletics program. And you know what's wild is it, it is a shame that all this is happening with the football program, given the facilities that they have – they, have they debuted that facility yet? That's right uh, the not lake? yet, is my understanding. Yeah, so they're building all that. They're investing all this into the program. They have their guy and Pat Fitzgerald. It's a, all the momentum – I mean – I don't know how much on-field momentum they have, but it seems like they have a lot of momentum in the program, and then boom, now this. Tough. Uh, just getting off the sports uh, beat here for a second. PB's ghost, Elliot. I don't know if you saw this. I did not. <laughs> I want to uh, get your uh, thoughts on this. PB's ghost, is this true? Do we know if this is true? What? About this guy from Hamilton selling human bones on Facebook. <laughs> I would assume that's not true. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I mean. I plug your mic in, Elliot. Oh, my God. Here we go. I would assume that's not true. I think PB's putting on a, putting on a bit here, Tom. Okay. All right. I just want to double check because we know we that uh, in a very short amount of time yes. that Elliot is all dialed in on everything that is Hamilton, Ohio. Haven't seen anybody pushing lawnmowers. No, not recently. Not since that day. Cutting the concrete. No, I, I guess he got to where he was going. I don't know where that was. I assume a field of some sort, but I don't know. There was no field nearby. No, there was not. Not a field in sight. No lawn to mow. A lot of pavement, though. A lot of pavement. A um, couple of things I want to get to after we have Bronson Arroyo. 
Um, you know, I got to thinking about some of these other teams. Obviously, we're so focused on the Reds, naturally. They're playing great. They're one of the big stories in all of baseball. Um, and this is a really exciting time right now for this franchise, and nobody saw this coming. Um, what is this? The Wildcats could pay $10 billion for a new practice facility, and they'd still get beat by 10 scores by the rest of the Big Ten. That's Sir Boy Wonder. Yeah. $5 super. Is cheap. that his new picture? Is that Reed Mouse? <laughs> yes. 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 It was, it was all, it's been all of us. It was Trace for a while, then it was me for a while, now it's Reed Mouse. I don't know if Elliot's made the. Elliot and I were both his profile picture. Oh, you were? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think I was his profile picture for two weeks. Might have been. We're going to see Sir Boy Wonder on Monday night. Don't forget, we have our big night coming up, our big Chatterbox Sports Night at the ballpark. Reds will be playing the Giants. That's this coming Monday night. Now, look, you can buy a ticket for a hundred bucks, okay? Go to chatterboxsports.com. But. If you're going to spend that, why not get the four T-shirts that we have available, our merch, as you guys like to call it, right? Yep. Chatterbox merch. You get four T-shirts for 100 bucks. You get four T-shirts. They're big league T-shirts. I'm telling you. They look good. They're cool. There's some, you know, kind of catchy stuff on them, different things from Nick Crawl to Harambe to Nutcutter Nation, do all kinds of things. Yep. So you get the four for 100 bucks. You get the four T-shirts. You get a ticket to the game up in center field to, to join all of us, right? Buffet-style dinner, and you get a couple of drink tickets. I don't know how you're going to beat that. Weather Monday is supposed to be really nice from what I see, yeah. although they've really been wrong on the weather, those that are in the prediction business of trying to do that. These last two weeks, I don't know if I've ever seen getting the weather forecast more wrong than I have on weather.com. Tom, did you see my tweet about my softball game last night? No. Yeah, so yesterday I was leaving work. I play softball every Thursday night. And uh, it was in a Xavier Alumni League. And about 5 o'clock we get a text and it says that softball's canceled for electricity in the area. There was not one cloud no. in sight anywhere around Oakley, any of that no. last night. Brutal. No. No, in fact, it missed that whole area around there because I had to drive all the way out to Eastgate where there was thunder and lightning. I come back west, not far from Oakley. I mean, it's perfect. So it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Is uh, Mr. Arroyo with us? Yes, he is. Man, good to see this guy. Fired up. He's back in town. Bronson, congratulations, man. This is a big, big weekend. You know, you've been a part of this whole thing. Uh, you know, they asked the current players to come to the big ceremony every Sunday night. Uh, but now here you are. And, um, you know, as you're getting a little bit closer here to this big weekend, what are your thoughts? Well, it's, it's half hectic for one, you, got, you know, you got a million friends and family in town, but you know, I mean, the, the, the beautiful part about it is just, uh, you know, thinking about being the 91st person, you know, right behind your father inducted into the oldest team in Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame, man. I mean, how can you, if you think about leaving a legacy anywhere in the world, somehow, some way, you know, having your face next to Pete Rose and Johnny Bench um, inside of the Hall of Fame is about as good as it gets. 
You know, it's interesting, and you talked about this when we had you a few months back, but, but you know, just to kind of, kind of revisit that whole thing, it's so amazing, isn't it, how life works out where, you know, you, you weren't thrilled about the idea of leaving Boston uh, and when you got traded here. Uh, and now here you are going into the Reds Hall of Fame. I mean, if somebody would have told you the first month, two months, I think I've heard you say that really kind of took you three, four months to kind of feel like you're part of the whole thing. Uh, who who would have thunk it, right? Yeah, it's to- totally bizarre. You know, I get traded and I'm I'm as agitated as I've ever been in my life. I mean, every mix of emotion you could possibly have. I mean, that day that I got that call from Theo Epstein was probably the hardest pill I've ever had to swallow in my life. And uh, and then to come to a city where you, you, you fell more in love with this town than I did with Boston and feel like it's your speed and you wind up, you know, marrying a hometown girl and feeling like you're really entrenched into this community and I'm playing music around town here, you know, 15, 20 times a year. It just, you know, it feels like home. And uh, it's nice to have a place in Major League Baseball that you feel like you could walk into the stadium and still be recognized in a way like you're still a current player, but also, you know, that that, that you can feel the love from the people who, you know, that clean the locker room all the way up to, you know, the, the guys who own the team. So it's it's been a it's been a, a joyous ride for sure. You know, you know, it's interesting. I've always wondered. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because, you know, there are some guys in your case, you're leaving Boston, you're coming to a smaller town. OK, and, and you, you weren't sure how it was going to work out. I'm dumbfounded to this day to see what happened to Paul O'Neill when he left Cincinnati and went to New York. He was the last guy in the world I would have ever thought could have handled New York and everything that comes with it. And, I mean, he turned out to be one of the greatest Yankees of all time. He's in Monument Park now. Do you think that, that, that maybe guys uh, who start their careers in a quote-unquote big market that it would probably be good for them to play at least a little bit of their career in a mid-size or smaller market? Oh, there's no doubt that there's there's a difference, you know, and and playing, you know, I, I came up with a pirate organization, as you know, for, for eight seasons. And inside of that bubble, I had no idea that there was another way to kind of, you know, navigate the game, really. I mean, just from the way you prepare, from the way they treat you in spring training. And when I got to the Red Sox in 2003, I had no idea that you could really make such a, a shift mentally in the way that you would approach the game. And uh, it was really kind of eye-opening in a way that not only the way the fans treat you, um, the way that it is inside of a major league stadium. You know, I went to Fenway Park that first time and hadn't felt a buzz like that ever inside of a big league ballpark, really, um, playing in Pittsburgh for those three years. And so, um, you know, coming to Cincinnati was kind of the middle of the road, kind of in between. It was like the oldest team in the game. And there was definitely a vibe here when we, when we were doing well. And um, when you weren't doing well, you could tell that, that, you know, it emptied out a little bit. So it was like, you know, seeing a little bit of the whole spectrum was something that I think was worth having for a big league guy. And, and somebody like, you know, playing with Griffey Jr., knowing that he was, you know, didn't get to play in the playoffs for, for once or twice in, in 20-something years. You know, you see a guy like that and, and, and you wish that he could have gone somewhere else, you know, to have a run at the end. And uh, as great as he was, sometimes we don't get to experience everything. But I feel like I have. And that's been that's been, um, you know, kind of icing on the cake for my career. You know, uh, I have to believe and you tell me, but 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 I have to believe if I remember right, when you first came over, you got off to a really, really good start uh, when you first came to the Reds. How important was that? for you I think that was mentally for myself it was it was just really a a nice 
way of getting me out of the rut that, you know, of just constantly thinking about the fact that I had been ripped out of a place that I signed a three-year deal. You know, I thought I was going to be a Red Sox at least for those three years. You know, I just loved playing in a place where it felt like the Beatles were reuniting for the first time in 30 years. I mean, that's how the fans really made you feel in Fenway Park. And, and I didn't really know what I was getting coming to Cincinnati. I'd played in Cincinnati as a pirate at the old stadium. And really, you know, the downtown was felt kind of dangerous at the time. It didn't feel like it was like a city that was real welcoming, you know. So, um, you know, getting off to that good start, I think I started about five and one. I was getting deep in ball games, and I hit those first two homers to start the season. It really kind of propelled me to, to, to be present tense, to be inside this locker room with this group of guys, with Ken Griffey Jr., Adam Dunn, guys like Rich Aurelia, um, you know, Scott Hatterberg, it was, it, you know, Ryan Friel, all those guys on that club. I didn't know them well at the time. I played against them a little bit, but it gave me the, an opportunity to kind of like clear my mind and feel like, okay, we're, we're having a pretty good run here. We got a chance to win the division and try to kind of focus on the task at hand. You're asked all the time about, you know, your, your maybe your highest high and, and your lowest low. Uh, your highest high during your tender, your, your time with the Reds would be what? Uh, game, game two, yep. National League Series uh, 2012. I'm going up against, you know, a Madison Bumgarner that's not quite the Madison Bumgarner that we all knew in the playoffs right after that. But I don't think he loses a playoff game for four or five years after that. And, um, you know, we go deep in that ball game with a no-hitter and just, you know, everything clicking that night. I can remember warm up, warming up in the bullpen and just feeling loose really, really fast that night. I had, like, adrenaline coming out of my ears, and it was trying to pull that back. And I had crisp stuff in the bullpen, and you don't know if that's going to translate to the game, but it did. And then you start getting deep in a ball game, and the crowd is is being silenced on the road, and there's just really nothing better than knowing you're playing on national TV. Everybody's watching you, and you've got a job to do, and see if you can knock it out of the park that night. And we did, and so that was that. that that's uh, that's the highest high I've had in a red uniform for sure. Would lowest low be the ensuing next three days, or something else? Um. You know, I take negativity in stride pretty easily and can wipe it off. But I'd say, you know, definitely not getting through that series was was about as tough as it came, especially with the inner workings that were going on that time with 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 conversations between Dusty Baker and Brian Price, the pitching coach and the and the medical staff, not knowing if we were going to let Johnny Cueto stay on the roster or not. And, you know, should we have really pitched Mike Leak in that series? He probably wasn't ready for the big stage yet. And I I was I was hoping that they'd go Latos on three days rest and myself on three days rest in game five if we needed it. And they, they went against the grain there. And um, it was a tough pill to swallow. You know, I didn't get to touch the ball again for the rest of that um, series. And, and I felt like we might have had a chance had we kind of done things a little differently. So uh, you, you got you got everything going on here. Who's somebody, because you, you make your home, at least you're here more than you are anywhere else over the course of a calendar year here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, who are you looking forward to seeing this weekend that maybe you haven't seen in a long time? You know, there's, I, got, I got some hometown buddies in town, but I get to see them quite often. But I got a call from Ryan Hannigan yesterday. He surprised me, said he was going to stop through. Uh, old teammate Mike Lincoln, one of my favorites of all time. We played back in the Pirate days together. And then he, after he left Minnesota, he came to Cincinnati. And um, one of the greatest stories ever, I was having a conversation with Mike Lincoln in Mount Adams and it was an off season. He said, my arm feels pretty good. I haven't pitched in a couple of years. And I called down to the, to the stadium and got him a, a bullpen. Basically, Billy Hatcher came down and watched it. And the, the GM came down and watched it and they signed him on the spot. And he wound up making the most money in his career the next two years after that. So I always jokingly say that I got Mike Lincoln, a two-year deal out of the garage. <laughs> and, uh, 
That that was a beautiful thing. But uh, Lincoln's going to be there. I, I know Drew Stubbs is coming back. I heard Jay Bruce might be in in town. But also seeing guys like Mario Soto, you know, and and Pete Rose and, and Johnny Bench and just all the guys that are already kind of wearing the red jacket, like Barry Larkin and Eric Davis. It's uh, you know, it's it's special to be inside that club for sure. You don't think about a lot of things like that when you're playing the game. You're trying to survive and see if you can make the back of your baseball card look good for the rest of your life. But um, it will it will be an honor, and it's it's going to be really fun to kind of mix it up with these guys and get to enjoy their company a little bit. So now I remember when you had basically the press conference after it was announced that you were going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I think someone asked you, if I recall, were you going to incorporate music into your speech, acceptance speech? Where are you on that? You want to give us a little little preview, or, or is there going to be a little singing, a little guitar involved, or no? Yeah, you know, there's two things. One is on the field on Saturday, yeah, and you know, you've only got a couple. You only got a couple of minutes. I've I've already heard the the groans about uh, the 12 minute speech that Barry Larkin gave that that cost the team some money because MLB didn't start the game on time, so they got fined for that one. So, I've only got a couple of minutes on the field, and I feel like you know the fans. A lot of times they're kind of moving about the stadium a bit, and it's not quite as intimate. So I think that first day, uh, that first evening is probably going to be more about, you know, just kind of giving thanks back to the organization and the city and and people that are kind of involved in baseball. But then on night two at the gala, it's going to be more intimate. It's a, it's a quiet setting. It's more like a, a ballroom. And, uh, you know, that's where I'm going to get to talk about my childhood and my parents and things that are a little bit closer to the heart um, from back in the old days. And I will have a guitar that night at the gala. Um, kind of strapped on me. Most people are used to talking at the podium. I'm just going to have a microphone stand, and I'm going to be playing little songs in between kind of the, um, this speech that uh, are from my childhood, being in this weight room with my father um, at a very young age, and just kind of these memories that put me on this path and this journey to to get me to a place where I could be in the Reds Hall of Fame. Well, I, how's your dad doing, by the way? I know that his health has not been good for quite some time, but he is here, right, along with your mom? Yep, and my parents are in the house. Um, got some high school buddies that are going to be here. You know, my father's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's a tough cookie, but you know, he's had two strokes and two heart attacks and two kidney transplants, and he's got some cancer now in his bones. And uh, but he's here, and uh, um, should be—you know—hopefully a good weekend for everybody. Oh, I'm sure he—they're—they're going to love every single second of it. How's the—how's uh, the album doing? I think that came out back in February. We had you uh, on the program. How's it going? Where are you playing next? What do you got going on? You know, we've got a bunch of shows around town uh, in September coming up around um, the whole kind of Cincinnati area within a couple of hours, you know, and um, most of that stuff is just playing cover songs. You know, the, al the album, we put it out, we kind of did the best we could to push it a little bit. But what you realize in the music industry pretty quickly is that if you want to really kind of sustain original music and really kind of uh, keep the momentum going, you've got to get in a van like you're 19 years old and kind of grind it. And I don't think anybody in my band is willing to do that. So. <laughs> You know, kind of the sweet spot of playing around Cincinnati for a flat rate and sleep in our own bed every single night and guys can go home with, you know, a thousand bucks in their pocket and we give you a two hour good show has been has been re really kind of, uh, you know, a nice surprise coming from, you know, talking to other people in the music industry and how hard it is to really kind of uh, make it that simple. And so we're really playing around town a lot more. And, and uh, but, the, but the record, you know, we, we did what it did. I don't know what it's doing out there. I don't really check the numbers a whole lot, but uh, you just hope that. Um, people get a chance to hear it sometime. I know they're selling them at the uh, the Reds Hall of Fame shop and also at the Game U shop. I've been signing vinyl records for them and CDs, and they've been flying off the shelves. So hopefully Cincinnati fans who love the Reds are getting an opportunity to kind of, you know, get a taste of my music. 
Well, I've really enjoyed listening to it ever since you gave me a chance to get an early listen in on it. Let me uh, let me ask you about the current Reds a little bit, because I know you pay attention to how they're doing. You still go down to the clubhouse from time to time, see some of the guys, all that kind of thing. Uh, there's a good vibe about the team. Um, how do you feel about their chances here over the second half? You know, it's it's been ob- obviously just a completely unexpected season. I mean, if we run the tape back on, on your father, given his prediction on the radio and my and mine, you know, uh, I think his was worse than mine, but I said they'd probably do 10 games better, so I thought they'd lose 90. And um, this has been a total shock. I mean, a totally different style of baseball than I've seen in the, in, in the Reds locker room in a long, long time. I mean, the speed on the bases, the youthfulness of guys, you know, playing almost like we're in double A or in high school in a way. They're just playing with a reckless abandon and just really enjoying themselves. And you don't, you don't see that in a big league locker room a whole lot, especially from that young of a team. But I think in the second half here, I think the starting, you know, it's going to be hard to continue to put up five or six runs every night. I think if the, if the pitching doesn't come back healthy um, and start helping a little bit on the starting, uh, starting staff a little bit, I think they could get in a dogfight. For, for the division, but honestly, the way they've been playing, you can't count this team out. I mean, they've been doing, they've been sh- kind of shocking the world all year. So it's uh, to start seven and 15 and be 10 games over 500 almost at the, at the break and leading the division is uh, is mind blowing really. You know, I, I'm curious Bronson, because you, you've always been a guy that'll just kind of lay it out there. <clears throat> you, you played on some good teams, you played some really good teams, great teams in Boston. You come here, you played on some good teams and you know, just never worked out as far as getting to the LCS of the World Series. Um, but you've played on a lot of contending teams. Uh, if you're in the Reds clubhouse as a player right now, okay, and, and, and all of these unexpected things have happened, now all of a sudden everybody's expectations have changed. Maybe the players thought from the very beginning that we can go out and shock some people, but not many other people thought that. But, but the reality of it is here we are at the All-Star break, and they're sitting in first place in their division. Um, how important do you think it is to players in the current Reds clubhouse or any other clubhouses you've been in where you see, you know, one area of your team specifically right now that is really short, and that would be starting pitching with, with guys hurt, whatever it might be. How important is it for guys in the clubhouse, for ownership or baseball ops people, to go out and swing a deal to bring in a Bronson Arroyo kind of guy, a pitcher, a veteran guy that's been around a little bit? You know, in a, in a perfect world, you definitely want that shot in the arm. I mean, the economics are a whole different ballgame, right? Like, is that, is that really affordable? Is that attainable? You feel like um, we want to go out and take a shot at a guy like that. You know, it's, it's hard sometimes to find that guy that's reasonably priced like I was when I came here that's going to come out and be so consistent. You know, a lot of times you've got like, the cream of the crop. You've got the Max Scherzers of the world that obviously come with a price tag that's too much to afford. And then you've got, you know, a whole another sect of guys that might come here and disrupt the way the game is being played in this locker room and maybe don't help as much as you think they will. Maybe they're at the tail end of their career and they don't quite give you those uh, the, those uh, quality starts that you're looking for. But, um, you know, I, th- I think inside this locker room right now, having the ability to come back in games, which they've done for such a long time, gives a little bit more of a breathing room on thinking about the pitching. You know, I still feel like in order to win the whole big dance, they're gonna have to have it. But at, at this point in the season, I don't think you've ha- had a Reds team that when they're down five to one after the fourth inning, you still feel confident they will win. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in the years that I was on this ball club, the one thing that I always said we were missing 
was kind of like those tough at bats, guys who could grind and not strike out and put the ball in play. You always felt that way when you're playing the Cardinals. But in our locker room, you had a lot of guys like a Jay Bruce. You had a Drew Stubbs. You had a lot of guys who were really hot for a month at a time and then really cold for a month at a time. And what I'm seeing in this in this lineup is guys who are grinding all day, every day, constantly giving good at bats, rarely ever just swinging and missing a lot. And um, that's why you're probably not seeing a lot of home runs, but I feel like it gives them an opportunity to feel like they can win every night, even if they don't go out and get that guy um, from another ball club to solidify this rotation. All right, last thing I want to ask you about, because uh, you've been down this road, had to come back from injuries over the course of your career, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and I'm not asking you to be the Reds medical director here, but I'm curious just from a, from a, from a, from a time standpoint, if you have Green and Lodolo, that have not pitched competitively, in Lodolo's case, all the way back to, I think it was May or June, something like that. Green now has gone close to a month. They're out in Arizona. They're throwing. They're not throwing competitively. Um, what's, what's realistic to build up enough strength and stamina to return to a major league club where they can run you out there, not expecting you to give them three innings as a starter, because, hell, they're getting that from guys right now. But what's a reasonable uh, amount of time that, that, that those two guys could come back? How much time would they need to get to a point where they're ready to throw 100 pitches in a game? Month? Month and a half? I, I think a month is probably the bare minimum, honestly, to get once you're healthy and you're playing long toss and you feel like, you know, whatever is bothering your body is not bothering you anymore. You know, it, for me, honestly, it's it's people ask me how I've stayed healthy most of my career, and I felt like you know, the fact that I took spring training kind of easy and slow, and I always wanted this, I wanted the whole season to look like a slow up ramp. And, and I wanted to start at the bottom, and, and, and at the end of the season, I wanted to feel my strongest. And if you are having, if you get hurt in midseason and have that total drop off, you go back down to zero. It's like starting over at spring training. You've got to get the body built back up. You've got to get your, you know, you throw one inning in a game um, on the sideline, let's say in like batting practice, and then you throw one inning in a real game. It's a total difference. Then you throw two innings in a game with in a bigger stadium with eyes on you. It's a it's adrenaline rush. It's a total different thing. So to get to where you can throw five, six, seven innings in a major league stadium where games count and there's 40,000 in the house and the team is buzzed, it to me, a month is absolutely, and, and you're probably barely getting by at that point. You, you're just hoping that you can get those first couple of starts under your belt. Can you get like a five and a third, give the team a chance to win and then kind of get your footing underneath you. But to to come from spring from Arizona, pop right into this locker room and dominate a big league game is almost impossible to do. Is it harder to do for a power guy than it is a guy like you? I don't know. You know, it's. I think everybody's so individual and so different. I, I would say, you know, you probably have a little bit of an advantage if you feel good enough to throw the ball 95 to 100. Hunter can probably come back and maybe he can't get deep in the ball game, but he probably can can still feel a little bit better than I would for the first four or five innings. Because a guy like myself, you need more tools in the bag to probably be successful, right? I'm going right. to need command. I'm going to need to feel strong. And I'm going to still have to be able to decipher, you know, the strategy against these hitters. Sometimes if you have 95 to 100 like him, you've probably got a little bit more error, room for error at least. And um, to go out there and just kind of let it eat. If you're feeling healthy, maybe you can get your footing a little faster than myself. Bronson, it was such a pleasure to, uh, to watch you pitch, man. I mean, it, it was just really cool uh, to watch you pitch and do your thing out there all those years with the Reds and sitting up in the booth to call your games. And on top of that, 
You're just a good dude. So we're really happy for you, man. Congratulations. Good luck this weekend and have a great time. I appreciate it, man. Tom's always a joy to be around here and to listen to your voice, man. It sounds good today. <laughs> Thanks All for right, having buddy. me. All right. I'll see you soon. Bronson Arroyo, kind enough to join us today. Guy's the best, man. Just the best. Uh, he, you know, it, it, from the time when I came back to Cincinnati, the second go-round, without a doubt, my favorite Reds player that uh, we ever had around there. He, he is just, he's got a lot more going on in his mind. He's always upbeat. He's always very positive. You heard him kind of allude to it a little bit there when I asked him about, okay, what's the highest high when he beat Madison Bumgarner game two of that series in 12 out in San Francisco when the Reds went up two games to none, uh, winning both games in San Francisco. Uh, knowing they were coming back home in a best of five where they had not lost three games in a row in Cincinnati the entire season. But we know what happened after that. You know, you just, you, you sit there and, and I mean, I was around it, but I wasn't in the meetings. And, and, and he really gave us breaking sort of inside news the last time we had him for an extended period of time, Bronson Arroyo, about the whole conversation with Johnny Cueto. Uh, and you heard him allude to it there a second ago. But to refresh your memory, Cueto has to leave early in game one. He's got this side thing going on. Um, according to Bronson, Cueto's throwing in the bullpen. Look to be sharp, look to be fit, look to be healthy. Whoever it is makes a determination, they're not going to pitch him again in a series. So now you're scrambling. You're really scrambling. Because you had to bring in, you know, Latos in uh, game one in relief. You had Arroyo game two. Mike Leak was in that rotation. Now Cueto's out. To think that a guy with an arm like Bronson Arroyo, I mean, this is where managers in general, this is where, and that's why when people say they don't make a difference, that is, is just ridiculous. Because these are decisions. To think that Bronson Arroyo, who had one of the great quote-unquote rubber arms of all time, pitches in game two of a series, then you have an off day. Okay, so there's one off day. You play game three, that's two off days. You play game four, there's four off days. And to think that Bronson Arroyo, that'd be three off days, that he does not pitch again in that series. Is just unfathomable. Unfathomable. I don't know where all that turned and all that changed about bringing guys back. I allude to it all the time. And this is back when guys were throwing 300 innings in a regular season. I saw Schilling and Johnson in the World Series. Schilling starts game one. Johnson starts game through two. They both go into the eighth. Both of them. Win-win. Game three comes around. Game four comes around. Here comes Schilling back in game five. Three days rest. Into the eighth. Had the lead when he left. Johnson comes back. Game six. Blowout of the Yankees.
Game 7, Johnson pitches in relief. Where did we get so soft with all these guys? Casey, can you answer that? Did it start in California or Cleveland? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe a mixture of both. I don't know. Where did it start, Casey? I think it started on the East Coast, Tom. I don't think it started on the East Coast. (laughs) I don't believe that for a second. I don't think New Yorkers are soft. Do you? Nah. Huh? D.C. maybe. There might be a lot of soft in and around D.C. (laughs) But not New York, right? No, but I mean, seriously, I mean, what, what, what happened? What happened? Um... For Arroyo not to touch the ball again in the series, and you heard it, Mike Leake was like his understudy. They were joined at the hip. Best of friends, still are to this day. But he even just made reference to it. The Reds decided to start a guy who had just walked into the big leagues from college in a a chance to, to, to... to go to the LCS. I mean, it, it, it's such old news now. 2012, that is really old news. But that one still stings for a lot of us who are old enough and were around to remember. Because that was the best team in the National League that year. People like to, to beat up on Latos. And, and he was a weird dude. There's no doubt about it. He way out there. But man, for those couple of years he was with the Reds, That guy was a stud. When Cueto went down, hurt, Latos went on a run through August and September that very few Reds pitchers have gone on a run like he did. I mean, that guy could pitch. He was nuts, but he could pitch. Leak, solid. Cueto, solid. Arroyo, solid. Chapman down there running around the bullpen. I mean, eight. Man. That was, a, uh, that was a good team. All right. Um, we have Charlie Goldsmith coming up at uh, question. Mr. Mo wants to know, is Latos any weirder than Granky? They are totally different weird. Hmm. Granky wasn't weird enough to ruin his career. Latos was weird enough to ruin his career. Um, Nick says, I take Le- Latos right now. Wasn't he pitching in, like, some independent league? Matt he was. Latos? He got in a fight. That's not a surprise. Somebody says that Matt Latos is younger than Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Reed. Was that, was that, that was Reed? Reed? That was Reed. Let's see Matt Latos. Where is he now? Where is he? What happened to Matt Latos? 2021 was traded to the Blue Crabs. Oh, Southern Maryland, right? Okay, became a free agent after the 22, re-signed with the Blue Crabs for the 2022 season. Um, I knew that, actually, because the Blue Blue Crabs were right by Bowie, and and, and, uh, I remember seeing that. I'm trying to find out where... uh, where he is. This is a picture of him. Um, I don't know. We'll have to look it up. Check it out. 
I'm kind of curious if he's still uh, floating around somewhere. Uh, okay. Uh, we got Charlie Goldsmith coming up. We have an immaculate grid to do here in the next few minutes. We have an immaculate grid to let's do here in the next up few now. minutes. All right. Oh, you want to do it now? Yeah, let's do it now. All right, let's do it now. Here we go. Let's do it now. Here we go. Immaculate grid. This is all the rage right now. All right. Uh, let's go around the horn. We will start, Jacob, with you today. I had one of the best guesses I've had in Immaculate Grid in a long time. I did uh, Ted Klazuski for 300 average with the Reds. Wow. Ted Klazuski. Big Clue. Loved Big Clue. It's always nice when the Reds are on there, Tom. How do you spell his last name? K-L-U-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Wow. Nice. What is it? What's the number? Point two. It's point two when I did it. Point two. Zero point two. Now that's getting it done. Elliot. All right. I'm going to go Trace's guy for Red Pirate. I have to put him on here. Kevin Newman. Oh, my. Kevin Newman. He that, might be a little higher than you think just be because he's a current guy. Yeah, it'll be higher than you think. But I still think it's low enough to compete. 14. I used the other member Ooh. of that trade, Dari Moretta, and it was 2%. Oh. Wow. What was it, 14? Yep. That's high. Paul. Uh, let's see here. 300. I'm trying to think of somebody obscure for the hall of fame. And who can we come up with? That's like, uh, I got, I've got a good one for hall of fame, 300 average. All right, go ahead. Mickey Mantle. The percentages are lower than you think because there's so many, there's so many, right? Like if you're in the hall, of Fame, I use Chipper Jones and it was 1%. Yeah. Mickey Mantle, 1%. Yeah. It's a good one. Solid. Good recovery there. Uh, Elliot, thank you. Thank you needed you, it. Um, what what about uh, three hundred average for the? Oh, wow, Chipper's probably good. What about Andrew Jones? Did he ever hit three hundred? I don't know. Oh, that's tough. Wait, don't use him. Yeah, he, you don't want Andrew Jones. I have a Blue Jay red. Okay. Kevin Gosman. Oh my God. Oh Gosman. Kevin Gosman. I forgot he was a red. Could also use Kevin Gosman for Braves Blue Jays, but I feel like that'd be. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just making sure. You... Wow. 7%. That's a little higher than I would expect it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, 300 average, is that what you're saying for a season? Yes. Yep. Right? And you have to pick. It, it, we only have left the Braves. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Correct. The Atlanta Braves. Huh. Okay. How about uh, Nick Markakis? Oh, oh, no. 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 He didn't ever have a 300 average. Never hit 300. You're kidding me. Oh, I Tom. I love the league in hits. Tom. That's oh, hard to believe. No. Come on. Does that mean I blow it for that, us? Yeah, yeah, we can't be immaculate oh, now. No more immaculate. Wait, no. Did we click the wrong one? Yes, he did. He hit over 300. Oh, you can take it to the bank. He hit 306. Casey Thank the you. Wrong one. See, hey, guys. No, listen. look. I clicked the wrong one. You wanted to <laughs> jump down my throat. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about well, here. No, no, no. Casey's right, and you're right. That's the right one. That's the right guy. And we found not. a hole in the immaculate grid. We broke we the immaculate found a grid. Hole. Yeah, he hit 306. He hit. Well, he didn't hit 306 with the with the Braves. Oh, so then he did. So maybe. Oh my yeah, God! That's what All right, my bad, boys. That's my bad. Oh, uh, that's so, tough. Fire that's tough. Tom! Fire Tom! Fire Tom! <laughs> not Casey. I thought it was if you played with the. 
Braves and you hit 300 at any point in your career. Did they change that? They have been a baseball Are you just trying change. to cover for me? Well, here? no, I think because Baseball Reference bought the Magic like two Braves or three like days two ago. days ago. Yeah. So they may have changed the like rule on that. Because it, it used to be up until they bought this that like if a player played for the Braves and at some point in their career hit 300. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just surprised he didn't hit 300 for the uh, the Braves. I really no, am. No, he, he hit 297 in 2018 when he was an All-Star, but he didn't. Uh... Gosh, you got to be kidding me. How in the world did I miss that one? I, I thought that was how it was. I don't know. I never play this, so I I, I, sh I shouldn't be the one talking about the All rest. right, well, now we can kind of just skim through it. Go Roberto Clemente for Pirates. There's oh, got to be a better. I... Just go. Yeah, but it doesn't matter now. It can't be a match. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, just, right. Let's All just right. get it right. right. My bad, boys. My bad. I blew it on this Friday. That's okay. Fire Tom, says Ben. You're <laughs> right, Ben. RM, fire Tom. Evan, fire Tom. I get it, fellas. Chad. Extend Reed, says Chad Waits. Roy Halladay, Blue Jays, Hall of Fame. What, what was the name again? I'm sorry. Halladay. Same Hall of Fame already? Yeah, 2019. Brian? No, no, no. No. Roy. 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 Halladay. Okay. Uh, a brave 300 hitter. Put Freddie Freeman. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a lock. Yep. 17 is low-key, not as... Yeah, it's not bad. I bet Ronald Acuna was used a ton. Uh, Atlanta Pirate, I don't Mark know. Mark Melanson. Okay. Mark. Here we go. What was last name? Melanson. Let me go. There he is. There he is. That, that's it? Um, and that's our last guess. We don't get another we one. We don't get another guess. Okay. So that's it. We lose. I was going to go Charlie O'Brien there for Toronto and Atlanta. Catcher. But doesn't matter. We're out. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yep. matter. All right. That's, that's all on me, boys. That's all on me. How long does the Immaculate Grid stay a thing? I give it another month. Month and a half. I, I, no, I'll give it to no, the end of the season. Till football. Yeah, till football. Then, it's, it. then everything goes away. Yeah, I bet you there's yep. a football grid by then. Yep. Oh, yeah. for sure. Well, I mean, the Reds will, is, be, Reds, will, Reds will be three games up in the division, and it, it's all football all the time. It's kind of – there is a football grid already, I think. Is there? I don't know how good it is, but there is, there is something. Interesting. Drew Garrison uh, was playing it the other day. I think he tweeted something out about it. Chad Waits used his wife's credit card to pay for Casey's speeding ticket. <laughs> I can I can confirm that his wife did not pay for it. And did your did wife pay for it? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, Casey. What? Oh, Casey. Oh, Casey. Good Lord. All right, Ham and Eggers, take it away. We got Charlie Goldsmith coming up shortly. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. All right. Uh, we talk, You know what? Tom just talked about football. Talk about the Bengals. Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and... Productivity. What was that, Elliot? I'm not. I'm not participating in your games today, bud. No games for you. Not a single game. Efficiency and and what, Elliot? I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. So anymore. you don't like our sponsor? Productivity. That's right. 
You can visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Also, Pawnee Water, which, by the way, let's see if we can bring up this tweet. Hold on. I'm going to send this to you because this is fantastic. This is from our guy, Sir Boy Wonder. A true leader oh, yeah. of men. A, a, true, a true leader. You know, we talk about leader. leader of men. We throw around that term. Sometimes we get a little loose with the leader of men. When you open the Merriam-Webster, a picture of Sir Boy, Wo Sir I mean, Boy Wonder pops up. Here, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it, it to... I'm since gonna, we're on Sir Boy Wonder, thank you, Sir Boy Wonder. $1.99 Super Chat. Tom Skyrosa, Monday night you. Um, grammar. A little, little rough <laughs> on the grammar there, but, but I think we understand right. you. I just sent you the... I just sent it to you, Casey. Okay. Pull this up. This is going to be our Pawnee Water ad for the day. And this is great. This is truly great. This is Sir Boy Wonder. He tweeted this at Chatterbox Sports last night. He said that he was trying to find Pawnee Water in a store, and he hadn't been able to find it. So he bought Pawnee Water. Yeah, there we go. He bought it. He bought a case of Pawnee Water. Natural limestone filtration. He used the hashtag... You can visit their website. And what is their website, Elliot? P-A-H-H-N-I.com. Well, that's not, that's not entirely right. What is it? You, you forgot the most important part. Oh, the water? The water part. P-A-H-H-N-I-water.com, Elliot. Same. P-A-H-H-N-I-water.com. I don't like when Paul quizzes me. I don't like these games he plays on P-A-H-H-N-I-water.com to see where you can buy it. And follow the lead of Sir Boy Wonder. Thank you, Sir Boy Wonder. The Pawnee guys, the, the Mr. Pawnee came over and talked to us yesterday, and we talked to him about your tweet. So, thank you, Sir Boy Wonder. If you could field a team of all Sir Boy Wonders, you're running away with the championship. There's right? no doubt. That's right. That's our guy. He bought a case of Pawnee Water. I know he did. I saw it yesterday. It's leader uh, in the he's room. our guy. He is our guy. He, he's been with us from day one. You know, I, I told this before, but I was looking back not too long ago at the chat from the very beginning, and I was looking at Alex Wallace and Sir Boy Wonder from guys that were there from, like, basically day one. Yep. When we, when we would get a chat that it would barely fill up the little box on the right side of the screen because we'd get, like, 15 chats in a show back in September. Yep. You know? And now look at us. And now by you the, fill by up. thousands. Now you... Hundreds, if not thousands, of chats. Well, there's no doubt. Through the show. We got thousands a, and thousands watching every day. That we know. Well, uh, we uh, have the data. And listening on podcast form. That's right. Still growing. That's right. Still growing by 20% or more. Uh, we got, we got know, a, every month. We got a $5 super chat from Chad Waits. What's Chad have to say? Big One time. way to settle it, Elliot, on the golf course. What does that say? Bring Br your what? Bring, bring your, your bug, bug and a terrible soul, soul patch. patch. Hashtag extend Casey. You letting that grow a little bit? <laughs> no, I just Bronson's got that thing going. He does. He did have that thing. That's a professional soul patch. Match no, the I, patch, Elliot. Match the patch. Yeah, I, I listen. I, I I try to shave it most days, but you know sometimes you don't. And this has been growing for some time, so let's let it, let it ride. I think you got to let that thing go for a little bit. All right, I'll, I'll do it. I mean, I'll you letting it. it all go or just the soul patch? I can't do just the soul patch. Why? That's because I don't. I think that I don't think I can pull off that look. You're trying Get to take the my man look out? going. I don't have that look. I got to tell you, uh, as much as it, uh, it, it disturbs me, I could see that in another rendition of Dreamweaver with the soul <laughs> patch starting to drift down. Yeah. You know? I could see it. You get to twist that thing up. <laughs> Use a braid for it. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. I mean, it would destroy any appearance I had. I mean, my appearance already isn't great. So now we, we put that on me. I would fit in well with in Hamilton, though, with that look. 
You should grow out Was that your a hair. shot at him? No, 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 no. What does that mean? No, I'm just saying. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, I, that was just a total stray. It was. Wait, wait, wait. That, that, that was like the guy that shot the bullet and then came down and hit somebody. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't mean that. No, I, Hamilton's is. I Listen, I'm the biggest Hamilton fan in mm. this room. Unquestioned. Unquestioned I am. Tom can attest. I love this, this town. You do. I, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Bullet rain, as they call it here in Hamilton, Ohio. <laughs> That's why Reed's windows were so expensive, Tom. Yeah, you got to get the Kevlar attached to it. <laughs> Hanging out. <laughs> Kevlar screens. Reed, Reed, Reed told that story. That wasn't our fault. Reed told that he story. He could have kept that under wraps. He, I, we would have never made a joke about it. How people were just firing shots in the air and it was raining down on people. That was Reed. Wait, is that, that was, he told, what was the story? You don't, you were, were you not here for that? I was, was I not oh, here? You were gone. I was, oh my I was God. Not here. So there was you, someone, you, please, you tell me. Give me the cliff notes. They were at, they were at the, they were at one of the festivals at that park for all the fake musicians, the people who imitate the other ones. And it was again, a Taylor not, Swift one, if I'm not mistaken. It was a Taylor Swift. Again, not a, a shot at Hamilton. No, it's not a shot. It, it's what it's Love what respect, is. Paul. Love and, respect. And so what happened was at the concert, everybody was having a good time celebrating the fake Taylor Swift. And all of a sudden, some guy takes a bullet to the shoulder. Out of the sky. Out of the, the sky. Nobody knows where it came from. All of a sudden, it just started raining bullets on the people of Hamilton. I saw that on A Thousand Ways to Die one time. <laughs> That was an episode of A Thousand Ways to Die. Guy was in his front yard, took a bullet from a mile away. It came down, hit him right here in the shoulder. Didn't know what happened. His shoulder just started hurting. He was like, what's going on here? He died. Is this guy okay? This guy was okay. Reed confirmed to me that he lived. But who knows when the next attack will be. <laughs> oh, man. That's what, what, what you want me to say. It's raining bullets. I can only say so much. And, and, and as we like to say, those are facts. Those this are facts. This is like Thank some made-up thing. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Yeah, Mark, they, 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 Mark, Fetters, Mark Fetters says in the chat, I saw that one. Yeah, it was a – are you allowed to say that there was a great episode of A Thousand Ways to Die? Yeah, you can say that. Well, it was a good episode. <laughs> I'm not so sure you <laughs> I don't know that, that you can. Well, you'd always get the, you know, the guys locked in the meat freezer. <laughs> oh, it was a terrible show. That's not good. Oh, yeah. That's but that was good. one of them. Yeah, it was a 4th of July party. Guy was firing off bullets instead of fireworks, and then all of a sudden it just whoop, came right down on his shoulder, right here by his neck. Died. Well, it must have gotten down close to his heart or something, right? Oh, if I'm sure. Right, I mean, I mean that's why. Yeah. He, okay. Well, that's why I'm asking. That, that's got to be hard to survive. And Good on this guy from Hamilton. Did he take it right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the exit wound was, but. No I, details. But, yeah, he survived. They have true leaders of men here in Hamilton. A bullet's not going to stop them. So this is where we are. I think the guy kept on drinking and enjoyed Taylor's. <laughs> That's right. You put a Band-Aid on that, baby, and you, and you listen. A little dirt, to not a Band-Aid. A little does, dirt. Little dirt. She does have the song, Midnight Rain. Midnight Rain. It's just a different kind of rain. You know, that, that brings back to mind the song Elvis. One of the great songs Elvis did was Kentucky Rain. But now we know the nickname for Hamilton. Hamilton rain. N well, bullet rain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we got Charlie Goldsmith coming up in about five minutes. Wait. We're going to circle back on the other side with Charlie because I got to thinking with the second half of the baseball season getting started, there are really four or five teams out there that 
uh, and I don't put the Reds in this category, um, that have a really tough decision about what they're going to do in terms of being buyers or sellers. Okay, and I want you to think about these because we're going to circle back to them. What would you do if you ran the Mets? What would you do if you ran the Padres? Two biggest disappointments, without a doubt, in Major League Baseball. I was going to say the Cardinals, but now all of a sudden, John Bozalak, their president of baseball operations, has said they are definitely in sell mode. Now, he said we're not going to give away players. Those were his words. He said, but uh, we are definitely in, uh, in uh, that mode. The Milwaukee Brewers are another team. Now, they're very different from the Reds in that, you know, they're going to get Brandon Woodruff back. And that's a lot sooner than all this nonsense. And you just heard Bronson Arroyo say it a second ago. Anybody that believes for a second that Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green are back with a major league club, as I've been saying all along, anybody that believes they are going to be back, and you just heard Arroyo, he's done this. Not speculation from some baseball operations guy. He said those two guys at the bare-bone minimum are a month. And he said that's probably a stretch. He said month and a half is more than likely. Uh, So, you know, maybe I should throw the Reds into that mix. Because if that's true, are you going to try to contend with Luke Weaver, Ben Lively, Graham Ashcraft, Brandon Williamson, and Andrew Abbott as your five guys in the starting rotation. If those are your five for the next month and a half, you are D-U-N done. I'd have to agree. You're done. I'd say you're in trouble. You're in big trouble. All right, let's get to Charlie Goldsmith. Uh, He covers everything that is Cincinnati sports. Kind enough to join us here today. Uh, Frequently covers the Bengals, frequently covers the Reds. Charlie, good Friday morning to you, young man. Did you get a little bit of a break here during the All-Star break, a little time off before you're going to ramp it back up for the Reds and the Bengals? I did. I did, and now I'm at the point where I'm excited to get back to the ballpark today. So, Did you do anything fun, or did you just lay low around the house, or what did you do? No, I went out. I you know, hung out with some friends, enjoyed some time off. Okay. Typical stuff. All right, good. All right. Pick up on the conversation where we are here, Charlie. Uh, You you know, last time we had you on, uh, you let us know that both Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo uh, were out in Arizona. Uh, Any update on those two guys on on where they are from a progression standpoint? Yeah, so that's the first thing I'm hoping to to get more info on when I get back to the ballpark today. But the last time I checked, it is pretty standard. Like, these aren't elbow, shoulder, arm-related things. It's a hip and it's a leg. These are pretty standard build-up, ramp-up progressions, just like you would go through coming off a reset, you know, heading into a season, uh, kind of a spring training-type environment for Green and Lodolo. And, you know, everything we've heard so far seems to be going pretty normal. I don't know if, uh, Charlie, you were able to catch any of our interview with Bronson Arroyo. I just made reference to it a second ago. That's precisely what he said. You know, he, he said in his career, you'd start in spring training and he wanted the season to look like a, you know, a, a continuous ramp up to your body, your innings, your arm, your mindset, everything. He said then when anything happens to your body, whether it's, as you pointed out, uh, leg, hip, 
uh, not just arm, but that you all of a sudden now shut everything down and have to start it up all over again. He just said there's no way, no way that they're able to go five, six, seven innings in a game for at least uh, anywhere from a month to a month and a half, month being minimum, month and a half being more than likely. If that is true, don't the Reds have to make a deal here, Charlie? It, this isn't quite breaking news, but the Reds are buyers at the deadline and they're looking at adding starting pitching. I think in an ideal world, you know, look at what the Reds have done when they've been in similar positions. In 2021, they knew they needed bullpen help. They went out and got it. In 2020, they knew they needed depth. They went out and got it. In 2012, they went out and got Jonathan Broxton. Like the starting pitching is a glaring area where the Reds probably should improve in 2023. The question is, you know, what does the market look like? There aren't a bunch of guys with team control for multiple years who fit the style the Reds look for. So they'll probably be looking at a more limited menu of, you know, guys on one-year contracts, veterans who would be rentals. And, you know, the question is, how much are you willing to give up for a rental? I do think we can all agree that they probably should get something done, though. Well, give us a couple of names. I mean, we, re- we read about Giolito. I know that Lance Lynn's name has been talked about. Uh, I-, I think on this show, we've talked more about, uh, you know, a Shane Bieber would be somebody for me. It might cost you a little bit more, but you're getting a lot better. Uh, or you know, I shouldn't say that. He- he's kind of been a little bit of this slow start, gotten better as the year has gone on. But, but I mean, if you had a zero in on two or three names, anybody stand out? I'll give you a few. James Paxton with the Red Sox, Giolito yep. with the White Sox, Lorenzen with the Tigers, Lance Lynn with the White Sox, Carlos Carrasco with the Mets. Those are all guys who are on one-year deals. I'll throw in one more. If you want to go a little even more aggressive, are the Padres willing to trade Blake Snell? Like that could be a top-of-the-rotation October rental, um, which would be very interesting if the Reds conclude by the end of this month that they think they can win a playoff series. Uh, so those are the names I'm looking at. And um, again, though, like the Red Sox are doing better. And, you know, the Padres, do they want to stay in it? Um, the Mets, do they want to make one more push before they look to sell? So kind of the bigger question is which teams are the true sellers? Uh, do any more sellers emerge between now and the trade deadline? And any more kind of surprise guys from teams who we might not be thinking about? You know, uh, uh, John Mosellock, the uh, president of baseball operations for the Cardinals, came out and said that they're in sell mode. He said that already. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, you know, is a guy who's been around for a long time. He's done a nice job for them, but he's in his, he's 31. Okay. He's having a good year. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Jack Flaherty was a guy that everybody thought was going to be this great big star. Uh, and when he's healthy, you know, he's got good stuff this year. He is not having a very good year coming back from injury. There's no way the Cardinals would trade Flaherty to the Reds, would they? So first, Montgomery, he left his last start with a hamstring injury. So that's one of the big questions. Now, the Cardinals, you know, where are they at from an injury perspective? How how much do they even value with, you know, Wainwright on the IL as well? Do they just need starting pitching to get through the season with a guy like Flaherty? But sure, he's a guy I'd have on that list. Um, to answer your question, yes, because the Cardinals last year traded, I know, Oviedo to the Pirates. I believe they got reliever Chris Stratton back. The Pirates have actually ended up being the, the big winners of that trade because Oviedo has been the three, number three starter in Pittsburgh. But the Cardinals do have a track record of trading in the division. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, now expectations are different. They, they are, they've done a 180 since where this season started, uh, even after a month in the season when they were 7-15. and 15. Now all of a sudden, they're the leaders in the division. 
they've brought up this core of young players that have just been simply fantastic. Um, and David Bell has certainly done an excellent job. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, the culture of the team, uh, just the whole vibe of the team. It helps to have good players, and he's got a lot more good players than he started the season with. Um, but now things will start to come under the microscope a little bit. We spent a lot of time, Charlie, on this show yesterday talking about this Jonathan India in the three-hole thing. Uh, and you know all about it. You know all the numbers. They are not good. Uh, now that you're starting the second half of the season, would you suspect that we start to see Bell really start to zero in and tinker around with making some, if not subtle changes, some not-so-subtle changes? Lord Tinker, I think the Reds have more than ever, David Bell has prioritized lineup consistency. So I do think if they make a change, it would have to be like a, a real change. And I do think that there are conversations about a real change, including or involving India in the three hole. I will say though, like the underlying numbers, like India is basically the exact same hitter he was as a rookie when, you know, he would have been an all-star if, you know, you take out those first two months of the season when he was still adjusting to MLB. So there are good signs from India. He has a better OPS last time I checked than Dansby Swanson and Willie Adamas. Like, it's not like he's been a, a hole in the middle of the lineup. But obviously on paper, Spencer Steer has been the better hitter. I do think there are conversations about what the shape of the lineup is going to look like. But I do think this is the most important thing too. The biggest lineup change I'd want to make right now is I would want to make sure teams don't bring in lefties to face Ellie De La Cruz. I would want to give him more right-handed support behind him with a guy like Steer or if they called up Strand or or you know someone like that, Stevenson. Um, that would be the big change I would make. That's more of a concern for me than, you know, what India is giving them in the three-hole right now. Well, well, well you know, I, I made the comment yesterday. For me, here you're going to see three straight right-handers in this series. Uh, and, look, I know it's a very small sample size. And if you take out, really, three or four games, Votto has, has been less than good. But in those four or five games, that's probably more accurate. He's been off the charts including the most recent series in Milwaukee. Big-time series, big-time player shows up. For me, in this series, Votto's got to hit third. Hmm. I hadn't quite considered. So you get now you get back to this, too. Like, if Votto's hitting third, then Dela Cruz is hitting fourth, then you're really pigeonholing yourself with left-right matchups. Then you just put in, especially a versatile, deep bullpen like the Brewers, you bring in a lefty to face Votto, you're probably then pitching Newman in that situation. Then you have a lefty against uh, De La Cruz, and you probably don't want to have three straight lefties. So then you have like Fraley further down the lineup, and then you're moving one of your best hitters against righties further down the lineup. So again, like when you look at the overall lineup math, I do really want to look at those left-right matchups with what they have now at least. Like if they do put in a lefty to face De La Cruz, then you have the righty pitch hitters off the bench or Newman's in your Senzels to replace directly. You have like, it goes Fraley Votto, so you can get them in right away. So you do have that going for you now. Um, but if Votto hits third, that makes it even harder to kind of set it up to get Ellie, who is their most talented hitter, in his best position to be successful. Yeah, but they've proven already they'll hit for Votto. Yo, yeah, so, I yeah, mean, yeah. really, you, you would eliminate that. And, again, it all depends on the situation and where are you in the game and what's the score and who's on base, blah, 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 how many out. We, we, we know all that. But they've, they've hit for Votto. They haven't hit for De La Cruz as a right-handed batter yet. That might be coming down the road. Um, 
You, you mentioned the name Christian Encarnacion Strand. The Reds are still carrying three catchers. Stevenson is not having a good offensive year, at least not the year we thought he would have. And in fairness, he's coming all the way back from the uh, broken clavicle and all that, or a broken uh, collarbone, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing last year. Um, how long do you think they keep Strand in the minor leagues? Well, it's all about like how uh, aggressive and how much of a push you're willing to take. Strand is ready. They could call him up right now. What's the best thing for his development? Is it giving him everyday playing time in AAA and letting him have that whole experience and continue to build on you know everything he's working on, the walks, the chasing, all that stuff? Or is it bringing him up to the big leagues and his role in the big leagues, maybe it's he would start every day against lefties, but he only starts six or seven out of 10 days against right-handed pitchers. And he's also a guy you're you know mixing and matching with matchups with over the course of a game. How willing are you to put a top prospect in that type of role? And how much of an impact does that have on his overall development? I think at some point you'll get there. Like I know Jose Barrero hasn't panned out, but in 2021, he was their top prospect in the minor league player of the year in the organization. And in 2021, they called him up in mid-August to play that exact role. So I think it would make sense, you know, give give him a little bit more of a runway uh, before you put him into more of a, a short-term win-now role. But if there's an injury at a position he could cover, I think he'd be ready to be a full-time starter today. Okay. Um, so, you know, here you go. Uh, th- th- this is th- this is what you hope for with any any team that, that, that whatever, you know, uh, team you're a fan of, I mean, these are big-time games starting tonight, Charlie. I mean, you can make an argument. Every one of them is going to be a big-time game because you don't want to stub your toe against the fill-in-the-blank, right? Uh, but, but now they are going to play over the next 16 games, five series, two against the Brewers, where every team is at least seven or more games over 500. Each of the five series you're playing against a team that's either in first place or no more than two-and-a-half games out of first place. You know, you, you look at that, you got 10 of the 16 at home where they're two over. Um, what what would be a realistic kind of, you're okay. I mean, is eight and eight, you're okay after all that? You feel like, okay, we've kind of weathered the storm? I think you want to stay in first. That's probably how I'd okay. shape it. Particularly, I think, even more than a record, I think you want to come out of this six games against the Brewers between now and, you know, that, that late July series. I think you want to come out of those with the winning record, especially. Like, look at the the polar opposite kind of paths you could go on just during this stretch. If you really start to run away and you answer some of the questions that, you know, around the league you hear about the Reds, you know, they're not going to get a pitching upgrade between now and July 28th. Typically, the, the starting pitcher market doesn't heat up until right before the deadline. So if you come out of this really successfully, you're a team, I think, that can win a playoff series. And that shapes how aggressive you're willing to be at the deadline because you're going to have to outbid the Astros, the Dodgers, the Orioles for starting pitching. If you get validating signs here, that's another push to, to be more aggressive if you do struggle here, you know, maybe you are a little less conservative. Maybe, you know, you encourage the Brewers to be more aggressive. You encourage the Cubs to stay in the race. This is a big stretch for them. So the Reds right now have a chance to either start to run away with it or to leave the door open. And depending on which path they go, that, that'll impact their trade trade deadline strategy and probably the trade deadline strategy for some other teams around the division. You know, Charlie, I got to thinking, uh, it, it seems like this is one of those, and I'm curious if you were to put your uh, Nick Crawl hat on for a second or, or Bob Castellini hat on for a second here. Um, 
your fan base had soured on you, really soured on you going into the season for multiple reasons. Um, And you hear people say the Reds are not trying to win. At least that's what you you know we've heard in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Okay, mm-hmm. they're not trying to win, but can you have it? You know, do do you think there's a lot of pressure on Bob Castellini or Nick Crawl because they both might be big believers in stay the course. We love the future. We believe all of these guys are going to be impact players for us in some form or fashion, and let's just kind of. With what we have, let's stay with it, knowing what's behind it. Or if you do that and you don't win, right, then all of a sudden people are going to scream from the Raptors, well, you didn't try to win, you didn't go out and make a deal. Well, the flip side of all that is is that, you know, you can't, it seems like you can't have it both ways. You can't scream at the franchise for not trying to win and then at the same time say, no, I got to sit back and just let all these young guys come up and not make a deal for anybody, right? I think the big question is how much money are they willing to spend? You know, you, you talk about trying to win, really that's investing to win. And the more you invest, the the more, it, really the more you're able to play these parallel paths at the same time. If you're willing to take all of Lance Lynn's salary for this season, I bet you're, you'd only have to send out a, a, a C tier prospect as opposed to a B tier prospect. It's always easier to win when you spend money. And the Reds haven't been aggressive spenders in, you know, since heading into the 2020 season now. The question is, you know, and ownership just hasn't spoken about it publicly, their willingness to change course and how aggressively they're investing in this year's team, in the long-term overall roster. We all know they don't have a guaranteed contract other than Hunter Green. So the obvious question is, how much flexibility do they have? Nick Crawl said they've had some, but is some enough to really allow you to invest in the types of players that move the needle? Because, you know, they're, they, they might be the division favorites right now, but at some point they want to compete with the Dodgers and the Braves and the Mets and the Padres. And at some point they're going to have to spend to get over that hurdle because that's what those teams are doing. So the question is, are they able to spend now? Or are they willing to spend later? We don't have that answer, but that will shape, you know, the next 10 years of Reds baseball. Well, I can promise you one thing. Uh, They are printing money compared to what they thought they were going to make this Mm -hmm. year. I mean, because the crowds have been through the roof. And we all know how all that stuff works. You know, if the Reds win, people are going to show up. It'll be packed down there all weekend. I would imagine even during the week, you're going to see sizable crowds with the Giants coming in. Diamondbacks again next weekend. First place team tied for first place team. So, you know, I think when the season began, the record, the, the, the Reds, you know, if they were projecting crowds, they'd say on a Friday night with good fireworks and a giveaway, maybe 25,000. Now, all of a sudden, it's 41, 42,000. So, you know, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, there, there's no doubt about it. So you'll be down there tonight, right? Yep. Okay. All right, Charlie, we yeah, always thank you for your time, the generosity with your time, and uh, we'll catch up uh, sometime soon. Thanks, Tom. All right, Charlie Goldsmith from Cincinnati.com. He's all over it. Yes, he is. I meant to ask him before he got out of here that the, uh, you know, what, what, what's he going to do? I, I, I assume he goes to the Bengals full-time once they start training camp, right? No. I mean, they, he, they, he does both. He'll, he kind of... 
you know, it will be interesting, I guess, to see what he does when. Because uh, they've always had two. Yeah, because they've always had two. But the other thing, the other thing now with the Reds being what they are, I don't know what he'll do. I don't know what he'll do. I say no pretty quick, but I shouldn't say that speaking for him when the Reds and the Bengals are going to be hopefully as good as they are. Hopefully. We'll see. David Brown had some great thoughts in the chat yesterday, and here's another one. This is really good stuff, and he's spot on. Nick Crawl traded away fan favorites. Everybody raising Kane. Suarez. Jesse Winker. Among many, many others. Letting Tucker Barnhart walk out the door. Letting Kyle Farmer, right, get out of town. But as David points out, Crawl was right to do so. There should not be one fan upset with the Reds for not making a move. This rebuild is for a decade plus of competing, not just one year. David, you had me with the first part. You lost me with the last part. I just can't say it enough times, and I've said it now for a third straight day. This is not the big red machine. And I only bring that up because of what my dad, when he was on the other day. When you looked at a lineup that the big red machine had where you could make a case for just about every player in that starting eight, the great eight, being a Hall of Famer. They won back-to-back World Series in 75 and 76. They did not make the playoffs in 77 or 78. If Betfred Sports would have had baseball gambling in 78, maybe they did. Because they've been around a long time. Um, Your odds of the Reds not making the playoffs in 1977 after they swept the league championship series over the Phillies, swept the league championship, swept the World Series over the Yankees. There is no promise of contending for a decade. There is no promise for tomorrow. Now, could you shrink that down to there's no promise by making a trade for a Lance Lynn or Giolito or Blake Snell, whoever. No, there's no guarantee that they're going to work out either. Granted. But look at how fast things have changed just in the last year for the St. Louis Cardinals. When the season started, everybody and his brother picking the Cardinals to win the division. They got, the, they got league MVPs on the corners and Arenado and Goldsmith. Or Goldschmidt, they've got um, mixing up Charlie with uh, Paul. They, they've got all these young players that showed some signs at the end of last year, banking on these young guys, stepping up and being great this year. Their starting rotation looks solid. Bullpen looks solid. And they have flat out stunk. So, I'm a big believer that now is the time. You've got to go do something, especially even more so after we just heard 
Bronson Arroyo talk about Lodolo and Green. You heard Bronson Arroyo say, scoring five, six, seven a night, it ain't going to happen over the back half. Not going to happen every night. I mean, David points out they lost Gullet to free agent and traded Perez. You, you still had everybody and his brother on that team. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Um, okay, so, you know, walking hand in hand with what Charlie was just talking about is where I was going before we brought Charlie in. Pay attention to not only the Reds, Brewers, and the Reds, Giants, and the Reds, Diamondbacks, and the Reds, Dodgers, and the Reds, Brewers. Those are the series coming up. Start paying really close attention now because the Cardinals are the only ones that have come out and, say, and, and said, we are in sell mode. Mets are spending $375 million on their payroll. Something like that. Right. Padres are you know, $70, $80 million less than that. Both of them well under 500. Both of them eight and a half to nine and a half games back just in the final wild card spot. Those are the teams you want to start keeping an eye on. What about the Cubbies? Because you talk about a team now with some pieces people are going to want. Stroman, Steele, right? Yep. I mean, they got some pitchers people will want. So... If I had to pick a top three team, the top three, and I'm not going to include Seattle, and I'm not going to include Boston. Um, I, I just think that with the Mets and with the Padres and with, uh, uh, who was the third one I just said? I drew a blank. Mets and the Padres and the Cubs. I think you have really keep an eye on those guys and where they're going. If you're the Padres, how long do you wait? Some say that because they have Juan Soto under contract. Now, remember, they try to get him to a long-term deal, right? He, he, he passed, both with Washington and San Diego. They've got him under control, for lack of a better term, through next year. So this is, you hear about that window all the time. Many feel like this is the Padres' window this year and next year, and that's why they're not going to start selling guys off. How long do you, do you, are you buying into that? Or would that keep you from selling off if it looks like you're not going to make it? They're selling 41,000 tickets every home game, selling out every night. But you're eight and a half out of the wild card. Not insurmountable, but that's a big spread. That's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a situation where at that point in the season you just pack it up and hope for next year at that point. What about the Mets? And Yeah, Mets, Padres. I mean, both those group. teams are kind of screwed, if you ask me. I mean – you have so much payroll on both those teams, and they're both below, like, what, eight games, both of them? 
For some reason, I wouldn't be shocked if the Mets buy. I, Steve Cohen has such deep pockets. Yes, and he, he does. And he wants this thing to work so bad. I wouldn't be, like, that's one team I look at that might be interested in a Shohei rental. Like, really blowing it up for a Shohei rental. I don't know. They have the pockets to do it. They could probably talk themselves into having a legitimate chance at an extension. He gives a jolt to an already expensive team. I mean, you talked about it with the Padres. How big is your window, really, when your payroll's $350 million? I don't know. I think the Mets might buy and try to talk themselves back into being a contender. They might. And you're right about Cohen. I mean, you know, I was shocked uh, by his comments when he made himself available. You know, it's really kind of cool, really, if you think about it. You know, market like New York, everybody's always wanting to, to, to get the inside scoop. And I just read a story where whatever it was about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, when, when the team's really – and Cohen just sends out something through the Mets PR. Hey, I'm going to be down in the press conference room in about two hours from now. Anybody has anything to talk about, we'll talk about it. And he sits there and answers every single question, never apologizes for what he's spending, nor should he, uh, and, and just said, look, that's not my management style is to start firing people and getting rid of a bunch of people because the number one question is, are you going to do anything? Are you going to fire the general manager? Are you going to fire Buck Showalter? You know, what are you going to do? He's like, no, we're good. Ronnie says, no San Diego fans on here who give a snuff. Ronnie, the, the Reds might be in the market to try and get, you just heard Charlie say it, to try and get a Blake Snell or somebody like that in the San Diego rotation. So it is worth having the conversation a little bit uh, here about, or, or else we just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on about what the Reds are going to do. Again, David brings up, and, and I highly respect his opinions on here. They're very good. David says, trading top-level prospects to win a bad division isn't smart baseball moves for a small market team, especially when they're going against the Braves and the Dodgers. I got to tell you, David, there's nothing that scares me about the Reds playing the Dodgers in a playoff series if they played today. With their current roster, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm still a little bit scared. I, I would say home field advantage would be crucial for that. Um, but I do think the Reds are capable of beating every single team in Major League Baseball at this second. At this second, there's not one team I'm, I'm scared. The Rays, I guess, would be up there, and I think the Braves would win in a seven-game series. But I do think the Dodgers are beatable, uh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, they've had at least four-fifths, if not all five of their starters since the season began – uh, on the injured list. And they're still there. Dodgers are not unbeatable by any means. Atlanta, like you said, you know, their starting pitching is better than the Reds. Uh, and one of the few teams in baseball whose offense is better than the Reds. Reds are one of the top scoring teams in Major League Baseball. Atlanta uh, has a better offense than the Reds. And they're much better on defense. Um, so, you know, but I, I look at these other teams. I mean, nothing, it's not that you don't respect what they can do. The Reds could beat anybody. They could lose to anybody, right? I mean, Arizona, we haven't seen Arizona all year long. Now they've been, you know, slumping a bit here lately, but they're in a tie for first place to begin the second half of the season with the Dodgers. 
We're going to see the Giants, who are two and a half back, that have done a total makeover of their team since the season started. I mean, you talk about a team that's brought up a bunch of young players. They've brought up more young players than the Reds have brought up this year that are playing every single day. Um, So uh, they're going to be a team uh, to keep an eye on. And we'll look forward to seeing them this Monday night at Chatterbox Night. Monday night, $100, four pieces of merch, two beers, a full buffet, ticket to the game, $100. Chatterboxsports.com. Linked in the uh, chat in about 10 seconds. Code CBOX. Code CBOX. Can't beat that package, Tom. You really can't. No, you can't. And for those of you who weren't weren't, weren't with us earlier, I'm assuming most of you here in the chat that are with us here today, um, you know, PB's Ghost and Nick Mormon and Ronnie Smith, uh, you know, and, and many, many others. Obviously, Sir Boy Wonder, we know he's going Alex Wallace. Alex wants to know, when are the shirts going to be ready? Do we know the answer to that? That would be a Trace question if Trace is listening to the show in the chat. I do not know. And what are we doing about the tickets? Do we know that? Those should be available on your MLB Ballpark app today was what Trace told us yesterday. I don't know if that's still a thing, but as of yesterday, that was what we were told that on Friday, all tickets should be available in your MLB Ballpark app when you filled out your ticket application that you gave your email and and that's all in there sean says shirts will be ready today so do we mail those out or how does that work i would presume they get mailed out at some point today okay i would presume that's what that meant um sir boy wonder will not leave this topic alone it has nothing to do with sports although it does have something to do with being at a sporting event that would be the sky rosa Mm. casey yeah. You have actually had a Sky Rosa. Yeah, I've shared a – we, Sir Boy and I, have both had a Sky Rosa together at the Reds game. And let me tell you, it's not that bad, Tom. It's really not. It's actually surprisingly but why good. Would you, why would you – and again, for those of you that don't know, and I actually – we've talked about this on the show before, but I actually heard how you do it today. So you get a piece of, uh, of La Rosa's pizza. Yeah. You buy a cheese coney, right? You sit the cheese coney inside of the piece of pizza. You fold up around the sky coney, I mean, uh, the, the, the coney, the piece of pizza, and then you eat it together. Now, why would you, why would you mix the two together? What is the advantage of mixing those two together when they're so good by themselves. For the exact reason you just said, because together they're even better. They taste good together, Tom. And surprisingly enough, if you get like a really sloppy coney and you get a pizza and you wrap it around, it actually catches a lot of the the slop, a lot of the chili. Mm. So you just... You know, you, it's it's good. It's like a napkin. Tom doesn't it's sound like good. A, it's like a, Tom yeah, doesn't that napkin. sound delicious? That slop, that syrupy slop. <laughs> I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna sugarcoat it. It's full of. It it's a food napkin, baby. <laughs> it's Buckle probably, in. It's probably the worst thing you could have at the ballpark, right? In terms of health, that's why I'm saying slop. No, I'm, I'm not worried about but, that part of it. But I mean, you know, you're going to a ball game. I mean, you know, you can have a night to to let her rip. 
But it's good, Tom. I'm telling you, it's good. It's something you should try. Casey, do you like you hot sauce tried, on uh, your conies? I want to see if you try. Do you like hot sauce, mustard, and onion on your conies? Full thing, the full package? Say that again. Do you like mustard, onion, and hot sauce, like the full package on your conies? I don't like the hot sauce, but I like the mustard and the onions. It's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, you got to try it. Yeah. Casey, I know you're a gold star guy. Have you ever had a gold Rosa? Mm. Mm. I wish. But there's no uh, Skyline anymore in any of the stadiums. So. Gold Star, you mean? You mean Gold Star? Yes. Skyline's no in all the There's stadiums. no Gold Star. Unfortunately, they were too inferior to be served in ballparks. Uh, have you guys had Sky Rosa? I have. I have not. I'm, yeah. I'm a very picky eater. I like both separately. I like I like. I'm with you. Separated. I'm with you, Elliot. <laughs> and how was it? I think it's good. I like, you know, Skyline. And the chili gets all over the pizza and covers up the La Rosa sauce that I'm not a huge fan of. So, tastes great. I love it. And Paul, I can't remember. Have you said you've tried it? I have not. I'm very open to doing it. I just, it's a little expensive. So, it, it is might, expensive. You know, it might help that I had like two or three $5 beers right before the game, <laughs> but, you know. Oh, the, the beer garden ones? I haven't been able to get over there this season. I mean, it, it's a, ever since you've told me that, it's a yeah. staple. Every time I go, I'm like, isn't it great? We gotta go. We gotta go. Get what our is, $5 yeah. beers. The over in the beer garden up until first pitch, the five dollar beers you can get. Hmm. It's over on the where. it's over on the first base side behind, right next to the gate. On oh, the first gotcha. base side, up until first pitch, they do five dollar draft beers. The, cool. the ones that usually cost, I think, ten or eleven dollars. Very cool. Swaggy Plague says Sky Rosa, then wash it down with a Hudi, hmm. and you're instantly a Cincinnati guy. Pretty much, right? I got to try that. It's a good combo. Perhaps we'll try that on um, Monday night. I mean, with all the grief that I'm taking here about not having having tried it, um, Elliot, you and I and Paul, we're all going to have to try it Monday night. We'll see. Tom, if you don't like it, I'll personally buy you some lovely UDF ice cream at the stadium. Tom, I know obviously you were a professional in the business, but when you go to a ball game, right? Yeah. What is what is your? I don't go to ball games. You don't but go, if I theoretically did go theoretically, to a ball game, okay. Let's say before. Let's say before the before your illustrious career. So let's so let's go way back. Would you be leaving games if if because when you go to a Reds game, you see like a lot of fans leave in like the sixth, seventh, yeah. even if it's a close. Are you that kind of baseball fan? Or would you stay the whole way through no matter what? Oh, no, I'd be long gone. <laughs> long gone. Yeah, that's I, – I've got – I wouldn't be gone. You use the example there. I wouldn't leave in a one-run game. That's what I'm saying. Two run, no, 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 yeah, no yeah. I'm not going to do that. But, but you know, if the game gets to be, you know, three, four, five runs spread in the seventh. Yeah. My, do you my, win? My friends and I have a rule. and If it's in the slam range, we, we stay. Okay, that's fair. If it's in the slam range, we stay to the bottom of the ninth. However, if it's the five-run, six-run, uh, you know, we, we, head, we might head out early around the eighth, seventh inning. We'll see. But that's why I just wanted to know if, how long we can maybe count on you on Monday night. If it's a close game, will you stay till the end? Putting you on the spot. Here we go. You know what? I, 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 you know what I, you're not putting me on the spot. Um, you know, look, um, you know, I, I – I have a lot of mixed emotions about uh, this game Monday night. Uh, I have not been in that ballpark since 2019. That was the last year before COVID hits, and then we're announcing games in the studio, and everything goes down in 2020. 
Um, and um, I just told myself, you know what, I have no interest in, in ever, ever going back to that ballpark again. Um, and those are reasons all my very own. Uh, and so um, Trace Fowler gave me this opportunity to start working again, to do something again. And I'm forever grateful and indebted to Trace and Chatterbox. This is a big night for Chatterbox. So I'm saying to myself, I'm grateful for Chatterbox. If they want me to come down there and Trace wants me to come down there, I'm going. Because they've been great to me and I'm really thankful uh, and so forth. But um, I'm a little apprehension about going. Well, I think we're all excited to have you down there. Well, I, I appreciate that, it. I, think, I, appreciate I it. think that's going to be very, very fun. So it's, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, yes, I will tell you right now, it's a tight game. I'm there to the end. Okay. Done all deal. Right. Okay. On the record with that. On the record. On the record with that. Yeah. It's not very, very big of me, Mr. Moth. I, mean, I don't know if you're being facetious or not. It's not. I, I don't, I, and I knew when I said that it would come across that way. I don't think it did. Uh, I, I, I hope no, not no, because no, I didn't I mean so. it that way at all. Wait, Tom, did you, in 2020, I forget, the games that you were doing uh, of the home games, because I know the away games, you didn't travel, but the home games, were you not doing those out of the booth? You guys did that? You out know of what? You're right. We were. I forgot. I'm I not forgot. trying to, I'm not no, trying no, to correct no, no, no. you. I'm You're just right. curious. So it's 2020. You're right. I'm I, just, I was just curious. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Uh, you know what? No, 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 no. No, the radio guys did it from the ballpark. You did all of them out of the Bally studio? I'm I was just curious how think. that worked, because I know every team was doing it so differently. No, we were doing the home games. They were doing the road games from the ballpark, the radio. Yes. We were doing the road games from the studio. So that's where I'm getting things confused. You know, the Rays are still doing their radio remotely. I have a friend of mine who's, he's the Tampa Bay Rays uh, radio crew intern. So I guess he's, you know, one of the broadcast engineers or whatever. And he'll send me, he'll send like Snapchats or Instagram, you know, whatever, and uh, it'll be a totally dark Tropicana field, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and then I realize he's sitting in the press box, and behind him is the pitch black field, and they're sitting in the press box with like four TVs on calling the game. It's crazy. I think that's terrible. I, wow. In 2023, that's I crazy. Think that's horrible. That's crazy. What would be a reason? It just takes so much away from the broadcast. Right. It takes every real raw emotion away from that broadcast. If you do it that way. You, you know what it all comes down to, Elliot. I know. I know it does. Money, money, the money, 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 money. But it's just a disservice to the fans. It's a disservice to everybody. It's a disservice to the product. It's a disservice to the announcers. Yeah. It's, it's a disservice, like you said, to your fans. I mean, yeah, I, that, that Tampa Bay, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know. You can say you want to be like them on the field. There's nothing that you want to be like them outside of that. There, there really isn't. Um, okay. Um, that's what, Nick, I just said that. In 2020, I was there. You're right. And, and Paul brought that up. Okay. Hey, um, uh, before we get to our uh, chat ranking. Um, is there anything else we need to cover as it pertains to the red legs? I would like for each of you to give me your prediction on this homestand. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. And then I want to hear what kind of wagering any or all of you are doing for the weekend. Okay. Let me go first. Cause I got a, 
I gotta use the restroom. Okay. Uh, uh, I I say the Reds go one and two this weekend. I say the Reds go one and two. One and two. Partly because I'm gonna put a tiny little caveat on there. The Weather Channel could be wrong, but I'm gonna say uh, that they split the doubleheader on Sunday if it ends up going to a doubleheader, and they lose tonight. Okay. Mm. Casey. Um. I think this is the turning point, right? I think this is where they turn the next page and saying, all right, we're here. We're, we're ready. And I think they're going to go two and one in this series. Um, much like what Paul just said, if it goes to a doubleheader, I think they split that. I think they win tonight. Here, here's the thing. I, I want to make this very clear. Teams that struggle, like when I, we talked about this earlier in the week, Milwaukee has had the Reds number. For a long time. Long time. A long time. Just because Milwaukee has the Reds number, and if the Reds were to go one and two, like ideally the Reds sweep this this series, they're up four games, you know, they put some pressure on the Brewers at the deadline. But just if just because the Reds go one and two this weekend, if that was to happen, hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully the Reds win all three. But even if they do, they only play them three more times. And the rest of the season. And the Reds have played pretty darn well against the rest of the league. Yep. And Milwaukee has not. The, Milwaukee got swept by the Oakland Athletics. That's right. So don't freak out. You know, everybody wants to make such a big deal. I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm downplaying this and pouring water on this weekend. I'm sorry. But everybody wants to make such a big deal about, is this the biggest series? Is this the biggest series? It's not. It's baseball. It's another series. It's a little bit bigger because it's against the NL Central right. and the Brewers. But you only play them three more times. And this series is happening on July 14th. This is not the end of the season when the Reds are up a game and they're playing for the division title against the Brewers on October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, or whatever their last series is, where they have to win two games to win the NL Central. They have plenty of time to figure things out if the Reds go one and two this weekend, ideally they go two and one or win the series. But don't freak out. Don't freak out if they leave this series tied for the NL Central lead. The Reds will be okay. I firmly believe they win this division. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm only saying two and one because I think I see a, a pattern here of just Cincinnati sports teams. I hate to do that, but Bengals back in their Super Bowl run, they go to visit Baltimore, and they blow them out of the water. And that was a, a marquee game, and it was a marquee matchup for the remainder of the season. That was like, we're here, we're we're legit. To me, but that if, could, they, if that, they win this series, I think that is a legit like we're here moment. You're right, but that could also happen in Milwaukee in two oh, weeks. Oh no, I I, like, I, that don't, could be, I don't that I don't could disagree be, you know, with that. You know, I that, don't think that that means that if they don't win this series, I don't think that means that yeah. anything negative. Okay. I don't think that. But I do think if they win this series, I do think that it is a we're here moment. Okay. Paul, go to the restroom so we can get you out of here, please. <laughs> I, I, I'd say I am a little bit concerned. The Reds were the hottest team in baseball coming into that Milwaukee series uh, in Milwaukee. I, I think it's kind of cooled them off. I'm hoping that's not the case. But with the history of Cincinnati, I do think, I do think they come out slow, unfortunately. I, I think they lose the series. Uh, they, so they win a game. Uh, they win to, uh, tomorrow on Abbott Day. But they'll lose the other two. I, I just think I, I think the way this team is going, the way this franchise has been for the past 25 years, unfortunately, they don't come out in the big moments. 
Now, again, this series is there. This season has changed all of that, all the expectations. They're finding ways to win that the Cincinnati Reds in my lifetime have never found a way to win. They're walking off. They're scoring three in the ninth when, when all hope is lost. They're down five runs, multiple games in an in a, in a 11-game winning streak. There are things that this team is doing that are so improbable that you have to just believe in them. However, I think the Brewers have had our number. I, I think this series is – I do think it's a very – I disagree with Paul. I think it's a massive series. Um, you have to keep the lead of the division. You have to keep pace. I just don't think the Reds will do it. I don't think, I don't think they'll do it. Yeah, I hate to agree with these guys, I guess, other than Casey, but I don't think we're going to win the series. I, Corbin Burns has just mowed down the Reds every time he's played us for, it feels like, forever. So, I mean, I, Ashcraft's been great his last two starts, but we know what he can do if he yep. doesn't have it. Yep. Um, so that obviously scares me tonight. And like Elliot said, we, we never seem to come out of breaks or come into big series and, you know, actually play well. But I agree with Paul. I don't think it's the end of the world if we, if we lose this series. No. Um, but the bigger picture, we have 10 games at home here. I think we win that stretch. I think at worst we're 6-4 and four in that 10-game stretch. I think we're going to win. Okay, so help me now. If, if based on what you're saying is you lose two out of three, right. it's 10 games, so you'd have seven left. Right. Right? Three and to one against plus San 500, right. And then two and one against Arizona is my guess. Okay. Okay. So it's 6-4. I do have one one thing to say about all that is at what point do we start saying this team's different than previous times when because we're, we're we're making comparisons to past Reds teams and this is clearly not well you they do just, it you do it with the yeah. Bengals I when know I told but, you the Super Bowl was old news you told me all about well you know you'd always hearken back to the Super Bowl yeah but that's success this is this is not they that's just comparing success yeah. to success this is not comparing success to success this is. Their most recent series, they went into Milwaukee and laid an egg. That's this current team. That's this current roster. Yeah, but you were just saying that they always come out of break slow, that they always play the Brewers badly. Right. And yes, they, they've played the Brewers just this last few days badly, but that doesn't mean that they're going to play bad this time. That's all. That's all. Well, I'm that's to right. Say. And you've got a bunch of young players that have never been in this spot before. So I, I get you what you're saying. I think that's a fair point. Uh, very fair point. Uh, see, you know, when I look at this thing, tomorrow is a key day because you got to understand now. The Reds have sold a ton of tickets for this game tomorrow. Probably a sellout. It's a Reds Hall of Fame induction tomorrow on the field. Okay, they are going to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait to call that game off unless they do something they just never do. And that's call it off like right away. Chance of rain is like 60 to 70 percent, but they've been saying that for two and a half weeks and we barely ever get any rain. I mean, they were calling last weekend for it to rain all day, every day. I don't think it rained for 20 minutes total the whole weekend. So. They're going to wait around. And, and, and when I say tomorrow is a key, because I think Burns, I think Ashcraft pitches well tonight. Burns is really good. Okay. But tomorrow, if they wait around and then all of a sudden Abbott gets loose and for some reason they have to shut the game down for a while and then make that decision, are they bringing him back or that kind of thing? Now you get into the serious danger zone. I like their chances of winning two out of three this weekend because I think Abbott's going to bounce back 
and I think when, I think Sunday Lively is going to be fine. You know, Hauser can be really good, and he can, and 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 the Reds just got something about him that I like a lot. But if they lose a start from Abbott, and you're spot on if it goes to a doubleheader. If they go to a doubleheader, they're losing two out of three. Um, if if they start the game and play the game without an interruption in the game on Saturday, I think the Reds win two out of three, and I think Abbott pitches well. Okay, we're down to our final 12 minutes. Uh, are we ready for the chat rankings? We are. Show I have it. I have my list. Show right. show the picture first. Yeah, we'll, I, I have a cherry on top. We got a cherry on top. All right, let's see it. Kind of a two-part cherry on top. Usually on Friday, the cherry on top is the chat power rankings, but we have uh, – we had Lure up back in the chat today. He hasn't been in the chat in a long time. Uh, here's Lure up. Check out this one. He's in Tennessee right now. Oh my gosh! This is Casey. He's striper fishing right now. This is Casey's dad. For those who don't know, who are new oh to the show. Oh my almost, gosh! This almost hit a personal best for him. Off by like an inch, and off by like half a pound or something. How much like is that? Twenty something? Thirty something? I want to say it's probably like thirty. Yeah. Upper thirties. Wow. Laura. Yeah, look at him. Big and, old thing. And for other people that don't know, Casey, if you if you put the camera on Tom right here. Yeah. Uh Lure Up made the backdrop of the I know set. That. I'm well aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So so every for, time that set we zoom in, I'll just zoom, zoom out. out. I'll, I'll zoom out bit. for a little bit. Hang on. Oh. Zoom, zoom out. Show the people the set. Sometimes we get people in here that yeah, he did that, a big this whole job set. on here. That's all. Yeah. Everything that you see in this screen right here. It's big time. Is made by Lure Up. No doubt about it. Thank you, Mr. Lure Up. Mr. McAllister. All right. Chat power rankings. Yep. I, Casey, I don't think I put the graphics in for the chat power rankings. Let me, let me, let me interrupt real quick yeah. to make sure this isn't a trend in the McAllister <laughs> household. Okay. Because this is a legitimate question. Okay. He did throw it back, right? Yeah. <laughs> throw it back are you kidding no i'm not he's kidding not, he's not a monster like not one of those guys mm. people gotta what eat sort of time. question was that it was asked in the chat and i think based on what we've heard this week it's it's a legitimate question it's a very it's a fair question all right so um okay so it is your responsibility that's right for our chat rankings this week that's right elliot Yep. Take it away. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to start in dead last. And dead, dead last. last. Is dead that a last. new category? Yeah. Out of everyone? That's a new one. Dead last out of every person. Where are these graphics? They're not there. Okay. I, I, wow. I, I couldn't find Didn't them Didn't even the put thing. the effort in. Didn't even put the week. graphics in. Well, I, we're going to go old school. We're going to go old school. Okay. I know. Uh, so here we go. In dead last, we have Chad. Chad, <laughs> sorry, pal. You stink. And you're in dead last. What, for, can you say why? Well, yeah. Because we have a few extra minutes for the chat. Okay. So why yeah, are well, you down on he him? He just comes at me. He just comes at me for no reason. He and Casey are a little tag team over there, and they try to remove people unjustly from the chat all the time. <laughs> You're it's just, buzzed, It's a sad, sad, sad. It's a sad day. It's a Chad. sad day when Chad. You're getting buzzed. Just I'm getting you know. buzzed? Yeah. What do you mean I'm getting buzzed? I'm oh, buzzing you out. You the timer buzzer, Elliot. Oh, all right. Casey timed you out on that take. Bad I'm just day. trying to scroll Move back on. here, Elliot, and see where Chad has come after you. I'm having a hard time well, finding it. It's probably too far back. Yeah, it's too far back, Tom. All right, number five. Number five, we're going PB's Ghost. PB is an institution. This guy is great. This guy is, is a leader of men. Every day he's singing weird songs in the chat. I love him. <laughs> he brings the energy. 
I think this guy is, is, a, is a true leader of men. PB, you're number five. At number four, a comeback like no other comeback has ever seen, Brian B. Brian B was gone for like a two-week stretch there. And He's on Brian, vacation. Brian B. Brian B. is, is now, is now a, a, a superhero in this chat. He is my friend. This is Brian B. He's your friend? Yeah, he's my friend. I don't know him, but he's my friend. He's my friend. I built a relationship <laughs> with Brian B. Brian B is my guy. Number three, Mark. I think Mark is new. Mark? Mark, Mark is, Fetters. Mark Fetters? Oh, Mark yeah. Fetters. Wow. Yeah, I think this I, – I, I really like this guy. I think he contributes to the chat uh, in a wholesome manner. I think he's great. I think this guy is, uh, is going to be with us for a long time now. I, I, I love talking to him in the chat. Number three. Number two. Sir boy, if there was ever a great man, if there no was, question. if there was ever a leader, if there was ever you, someone you wanted to pick up your sword for, it's Sir Boy Wonder. Sir Boy is my guy. This guy, this guy, I would, I would live with. If Sir Boy asked me to roommate with him, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd move in with Sir Boy, and I, and I would, I would just, I would be his friend forever. Sir Boy, I love you. Number one, with that, look at this zoom in. That's I think that's called the rule of thirds there in, in, in art school is when I'm on the corner. Uh, Photography class. Yeah. yeah. So oh keep going. Yep. Yeah, okay. Going. Should I continue speaking? Casey? Yeah, keep speaking. It's audio version, right? Number one. <laughs> Number one. Number one, mouse cop. Mouse cop. Wow. Mouse cop is great. He's great, Tom. You know, he keeps this chat in control. You know, there's a lot of people going, you know, crazy some days. Mouse cop reigns it all in. Mouse Cop is my guy. I don't know who Mouse Cop is. I love, I love, what are we doing with the camera? Wow. Keep what? going. Okay. All right. So Mouse Cop is my guy. I don't know who this guy is. Mouse Cop is an all-time troll. I, I don't know who his name is. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> but I know that deep down, Mouse and I are best friends. You have some massive omissions on this list. What do you mean? I mean, no Everett. I thought Everett had a great Everett week. Everett doesn't. Well, here's the thing about Alex Everett. Wallace had a really nice week. I can't nice believe week. David Brown's not in there. Oh, I yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, I mean, you. I'm not saying like it's he, a bad list. I'm just saying there's some big omissions. Maybe Ronnie Smith. Was, no Ronnie Smith, first of all. No. And and trust me, this week without sports going on, we needed Ronnie Smith to get us back into some sports talk. You just had some big omissions that maybe Ronnie Smith was on to something where he said expand the list. Yeah. And not only that, there was no. None, just like recommendation. There was no. There was you mean no, honorable mentions. Yeah, honorable mentions. There was none of that. Yeah, we could have done. Just yeah, only well, no, we're no, okay. This side of the room. This side of the room doesn't do participation. That's yeah, right. Participation that's right. trophies are for the weak-minded, yeah. Casey. You I'm with you. I'm mentions. with you all the way. I'm with you. Want to make the, the top way. five, or do you want to make the honorable mentions? I mean, I mean we, whoever did it last week. Well, that was Reed. I mean, Reed. we had like <laughs> nine guys on the honorable mention list. Where was Blanny? I mean, where was Blanny? Blanny should have been number one. Hindsight, I probably should have made Blanny number one, but unfortunately, Blanny's dead because Casey killed him. Luke didn't make the list after beating you in a bet in the. Yeah. Well, that's why he's not. Yeah, well, that's why he's not, <laughs> and I do have to get wet at some point today, unfortunately. So, uh, okay, go ahead. But I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's a fair list. Next week, let's all let's all try harder, Alex. I, Alex is my guy, Alex Wallace, but I feel like Alex has kind of been missing a little bit this week. I could be wrong, but I monitor this chat very closely. I feel like Alex has just been a little quieter than usual. Alex is still my guy. He's top 10, no doubt. No doubt. Evan Maurer, that's my guy. He doesn't stop tweeting. Evan might have, like, when his brain thinks of something, tweet. Like, any, like just wake up, tweet. That's Evan, and I love Evan. Evan's my guy. He's the first to trade Jonathan India. I wouldn't trade Jonathan India yet, but Evan was the very first. 
He wanted to trade Jonathan India while he was still playing for Florida. That's where, that's where, that's where Evan was. But listen, we're all having fun. Sir Boy says me and Tom are shotgunning beers. <laughs> Tom? Ain't happening. I can't rope you into that one? No. <laughs> that's I will drink a beer. Okay. Sir Boy will be drinking White Claws, but I will drink a beer with <laughs> Sir Boy. Uh, who was the guy that you said was last? Uh, Chad. Chad. Chad Waits. Chad Waits, friend of the Ch program. Chad Waits. You know, the guy that was the leader of Nutcutter Nation, ELE, was a former number one. Yeah, that guy. He, in, in capital letters to follow Elliot's lead, he says, absolutely terrible. And then Alex says, joke list. Wow. This is tough, but this is, listen, guys, you got to come to play. If you're not going to come to play, you're not going to make the list. There's no honorable mentions. There's no honorable losers. If you lose, you lose. And Chad, you lose. <laughs> USA, USA veteran yeah. retired. He says, everyone have a great weekend. Remember, everyone deployed in their families. God bless you all, and God bless the USA. USA veteran retired. We salute you as always. Um, no, AJ Worse. AJ Worse has had a great couple of weeks. AJ Worse. AJ Worse deserves some love. AJ Worse deserves. AJ, no, no, no. You have friends. Here. No, I'm your friend. It, yeah. AJ, I'm your friend. I'll go to war for you. Apparently Next, not. Listen. Dude, you're going to war for everybody. <laughs> I'll go to war for everybody in this chat except for Chad and sometimes Everett. <laughs> Everett's kind of mean to me lately, but that's okay. You deal with the haters, Tom. I'm dealing with them. I'm dealing with these haters all day. And Can Chad, we... he says I don't drive a bug around. I don't drive it either. That's my mom's car. I like the top down on the, on the highways. Am I crazy, Tom, that I no. like a little convertible action? I love it. Can I do the rankings next week? Yeah. All right. Because Jake, Jacob will do it in two weeks because two Fridays from now is Jacob's last day. Okay. So, Jacob, you'll do – why don't you do in two weeks, just so you can kind of start thinking about it. All right. Your power rankings for the chat will be your, like, all-time. Like summer your, internship rankings. Your summer internship right. chat rankings. So right. who do you think has had the best summer? Sounds good. Yeah. That's in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. We got to make that one like a special list, like top 15 or something. Just top 15. Oh, so we're expanding the list. Well, you know what well, we no, could. just for Jacobs. I Jacobs... thought there was no participation. Well, what we could do is. Was... Participa... It's not a participation, Casey. Well, it's Casey? only top five or nothing. Not well, no, what we're we could do. What we could do. What we could do is just add everybody, like just rank every consistent member of the chat and hope we don't forget anybody. Yeah. I think that's a good call. That's, I think that's, we just, you just. I think that's what that's your do. That's your last task of the internship is ranking the chat. Everyone. Everybody. All right. You rank the entire chat. And then the next two weeks, you keep a note on your computer of everybody that you see come in here so we don't forget anybody. Sounds good. I'm going to need help crowdfunding some names here. I don't want to forget anyone. Well, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. just, we'll, we'll just, create, you know we'll just no. create a note. This is what we'll do. Everyone that's in the chat, go follow him on his, his Twitter. It's Jacob Tissett, right? Oh, let's go. There we go. Go get, follow get him. Some get followers. DM him. Say that you want to be on, on the list, and he'll make it happen. And why you should be on the list. Wow. Give me a yeah. reason. Pitch yourself. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kansas City Royal John India says, Tom wants to trade Steer and CES for Tyler Malley. Oh, boy. Kansas City Royal. <laughs> Uh, by the way, he says you can move in with him, Sir Boy. Big time. Move who? You can move in with Sir Boy. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> that means Sir Boy. But, Moving see, together. here's the problem if you move in with Sir Boy. Uh-oh. Come on now. You're thinking like I am at home. You know where this is going. It hasn't dawned on Elliot yet. 
that if he were to change residences, what that would ultimately mean when it comes to those days and or nights when Luke Weaver starts on the mat. Oh, yeah. Mm. Right? I called this on the Now, maybe Sir Boy, knowing him, he's got this big league job. He's all over town. Um, he might have a hot tub in the back. I bet he does. He might have an in-ground swimming pool. He might have an above-ground swimming pool. He might have all the above, for yep. all I know, right? Yep, yep. Um, so, who knows? But as we leave you for the weekend, Casey, please pull this up. As we leave you for the weekend, even though he will not be pitching this weekend, or at least he's not scheduled to pitch, one never knows. It looks uh, like he's not scheduled for Casey, our night. What? I don't think he's scheduled for our night. I think he is going to be on it's, the mound it's for Brandon our Williams. Night. Ronnie Brandon Smith Williams. is all caps hoping we do not play this video. Right, Elliot, well. you're hosting Box Lunch. Yeah, Tom, I, so I, I, I've, I've taken over, and I'm, I'm going to host Box Lunch after you. It'll probably be an abbreviated show You today. sound like Alexander Haig. You have taken over. <laughs> <laughs> you're well, now I in have. charge. Well, I have, and, and that's what I'll Does do. Does anybody I'll, in here know who Alexander Haig is? No. Elliot laughed like he knew. No, but I was being Do you guys have any idea who Alexander Haig is? No. No. Oh, my God, fellas. What in the hell do they teach you at these elitist schools? Well, All right. I went to okay. Um, okay. So, uh, Casey, great oh, job. See, have I a great weekend. Paulie, likewise. Elliot, good luck on the show. Have a great weekend. Jake, great weekend. Have fun at the game tonight. Uh, and look. What would it be leaving the show and making the transition <laughs> into box lunch? Without Elliot, on nights when Luke Weaver pitches, this is what you get and more still to come. Have a great weekend. God bless everybody.